God bless you, everybody. Praise the Lord. Um, thank you for uh, joining us today. Thank you for being back with us today on this week's uh, episode of Reset for Ministries podcast and teaching of the Sunday School lesson um, out of the Union Gospel Press uh, Sunday School book series. I'm Dr. Valerie Simpson. And I'm Elder Daniel Simpson. And again, thanks for being with us. We are going to go right into the lesson. We're a little bit um, slow getting on, but listen, um, we're going to jump right into the lesson. This is lesson number eight, and the topic of this week's lesson is blessing of liberty in Christ. We are being uh, taught from the book of Galatians, chapter number five, and verses one through 17. So those of you that have your Sunday school books, go ahead and open up to lesson number eight. If you don't have a Sunday school book, just go ahead and grab your Bible and uh, be sure to tag someone and make sure that you subscribe. And we'll go ahead and move into the lesson with that. I am going to turn it over to our instructor, Elder Daniel Simpson, at this time. God bless you. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, uh, we're in lesson eight, as she stated. Uh, this is a good lesson. It's a, it's a challenging lesson for the church in Galatians because some issues have, have arrived. Mm-hmm. And Paul had to address it in this um, letter that he wrote to the Galatians church. Church there at Galatia. Yes. Writing too. And uh, there's some issues going on there in Galatia that mm-hmm. Paul's addressing, as always with his books in most cases. Um, yeah, with his writings, it's a particular church that he's at, except for a few of them because he's in prison or in his own home. But here, uh, um, we're uh, in the book of Galatians. So let's see what we're going to receive. Yeah, so let's start off with a word of prayer. Okay. Um, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you, Lord, for this day and this opportunity to teach your word and gleam into your rich word, Lord. So we can learn, we can learn, um, uh, our purpose in you and that you're a holy God and you do have order and your purpose for the church is to be sanctified and be holy also. So we actually give us revelation of, of this lesson in Galatians that, 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 that going to be taught here in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Amen. So we're in Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 uh, Dr. Simpson and it reads um I said, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, mm-hmm. and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So, what was he stating here, Dr. Simpson? I mean, it's just... Well, you know, if you go back just two chapters, three, you'll find out that they were being bewitched. Bewitched, mm-hmm. Dr. Simpson? Uh, those are his words, yes. He said... Uh, how are you bewitched, oh, no, he says, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you uh, not to believe the truth, to believe the lie, a lie and not the truth. So they were, um, of course, being being uh, overwhelmed or they were being pummeled on by the Judaizers and those that wanted to tell them that this gospel, that they were calling the gospel was not good news. So Paul uh, addresses that. So in this one, they've been made free. Uh, I think in that ver- in that chapter also, he says, "How can you start 
in the spirit and finish in the flesh. So you started off, you know, your walk with Christ, you started off in the spirit, in the anointing, in the power of the Holy Ghost. Now you're going to go and turn back around and do things out of the power of the flesh? No. Well, what happened was, and you you were right, you said about the Judaizers, mm-hmm. um, they came, they taught that the law of Moses had to be observed, observed in order for them to have favor with God. Mm-hmm. And that is actually taking place in the book of Acts chapter 15, verse, verse. Acts 15. Yeah, verse one. Yeah. And this is, um, I think there's a council here in Jerusalem yeah, they were at the council of Nicaea. No, in Jerusalem. And oh, I'm sorry. yeah, they were. That was the first council, right? I got so much. And it says, uh, <laughs> "You so said Acts, no." Okay. Acts, Acts 15:1 says, "Unless you are circumcised, as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved." And this is what the Jews, some of the Jews, were saying from Judea. And I'll read it uh, no better than me in Acts. 1 and 15, Dr. Simpson says, And certain men which came down from Judea taught their brethren, saying, Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. So when Paul and I think it was Silas get, addressed that issue to the council in Jerusalem, Peter, James, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the, the apostles okay, there, okay. and they said, You know, we got certain brothers coming down to the churches in yeah. in um, Asia Minor teaching them that they need to be circumcised yeah. he was the stirring, they were coming down there yeah. stirring them up and trying to undo what had been done and they were trying to get them to return to the law well they were in the process of turning the world upside down with this gospel so uh, these are now we see the challenges that are coming from the other side as they were trying to put the truth out there and I think it's encouraging um, to those that are trying to get the truth out and speaking to others. You see what they endured and you see how they were confronted and the contention that went on among them. But uh, they were successful. The gospel came forth. So the truth always goes forth and it stands. So in Acts chapter 15, verse 2, let's just read a little bit more. This is the foundation of our lesson, Dr. Mm. Okay, so when therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small decision and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. Okay. Should the churches, Gentile church, be circumcised? Right, 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 right. So verse 3 said, and being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Oh, no, no, I can read. Okay. So pass through. Verse 3. Uh, Jerusalem, okay, three, and being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phenice and Samaria, mm-hmm. declaring the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy unto all the brethren. Read down to verse five, please. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders. And they declared all things that God had done with them. Here's verse 5. This is where we at. Verse number 5. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command 
them to keep the law of Moses. That's it. So this is what's the issue, Dr. Simpson. We had some Pharisees that believed. They was believers. But they wanted the churches in Asia Minor to be circumcised. Yeah, here after in this Mo- area. After most. So some of the scribes and Pharisees did, you know, they did, you know, end up getting converted, but they couldn't let go of some things in their traditions and their past. And, you know, they just demanded, as you see here, no, you have to keep the law of Moses. So I don't think they understood that. They understood that now we're no longer under the law, we're under grace. So they didn't fully understand what that means. So this is what Paul is going to deal with. Yeah, so this is what Paul going to do, like you, like you said, in this lesson, mm-hmm. with this, this, so, so you got some brothers already in Asia Minor teaching the churches, so then when they get to Jerusalem to the council, mm-hmm. you got some Pharisees who believe, mm-hmm. now they're trying to back up what the brothers from Judea was saying. Mm-hmm. This was a great, great, you know, well, that conversation was the they was mm-hmm. going to have. And that, so you see that this was the reason for these councils was to be sure that um, that they were uh, continuing with the gospel that they had received and what they were all speaking was the same thing. Okay. And so um, now they we find out, well, we don't. We have some that, you know, as a matter of fact, it's the Pharisees that are having a problem with uncircumcised, physically uncircumcised individuals. Okay, so verse 2 of the lesson. All right, 2 says, Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. So we know what circumcising is. It is cutting of the flesh. Circumcision, yes. yes it was the a... external ritual symbolizing accepting of the law. Yeah, it, it's yeah. It was a physical act, a physical that is key uh, act that um, uh, reflected what you were feeling on the inside or what you were accepting on the inside, and uh, it was relationship and covenant with God. Uh, so God. yeah. So in the law of Moses, it show, it says in Leviticus twelve and three, mm-hmm. it says. In the eighth day, now the baby is eight days old. Mm-hmm. Little baby boy, he's eight days old. Mm-hmm. And according to the law of Moses, he had to be circumcised. That's what God gave him. That was the law. Yeah. And once, like you say, once they became circumcised, then they was indebted to the whole law. Okay. So that's important too. So the reason why is because there were dispensations, um, or there are dispensations. So... At that dispensation, which a, which a dispensation is, there is a order that is required um, and a blessing if you keep that order and a penalty if you don't. And so in this dispensation of the law, um, along with being obedient to whatever God told you to do, you were required, the males, to have that circumcision of the flesh as a type token. and a shadow. Yes, and it was. It was a token um, of the uh, the covenant, just like the rainbow was a token of uh, the Noahic covenant. So anyway, they had to have that circumcision of the flesh, but what they're failing, they, they're skipping... The, this big part that we are no longer under the law 
And so, you know, if you're doing this, then you're ignoring everything that Christ came to do. So we want to, did you want to read further? Yeah, uh, um, verse 3. 3. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. So these these. Uh, Pharisees talking. <laughs> oh, no. This is Paul talking. Paul talking. So if you do that, then you're indebted to the whole law, which would have been the offering of sacrifices yes. and and um, all the different observances that they had. Rituals. Yes, and rituals. Tithing. I don't say tithing. Yeah, the rituals that they had that that they had to perform. And so, listen. How he's he's making them say, listen. If if this is what you feel salvation is then you're not just exempting the uh, fact that Christ died you know for the circumcision of the heart to make that possible you're ignoring everything so now if you want to observe that you got to go back to the whole thing everything so this part is as good as everything else and this is this is the freedom that we have in Christ that we don't have to be under the law under all of those rituals this is what it says in James. Okay. James chapter 2, verse 10 and 12 says this. For the person who keeps all of the law except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all Every of God's laws. So if you don't so if you want to subject yourself to the law and you you're faithful with circumcision but you're missing anything else, well, you're guilty of everything. Yes. So that's why he was telling all of that. I wanted to go to, to uh, Colossians. Go right ahead. For the same guy who said you must not commit adultery also mm-hmm. said you must <clears throat> not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you still have broken the law. That's true. That's so whatever true. you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that set you free. So this is what James is saying concerning, you know, you want to get up under the law? You break one law, you're guilty of it all. And this is what Christ came to free us from. Uh, And that's... this law. Yes, yes. Um, Where is it? um, It's in in Colossians. Uh, I think it's 3.14. I'm trying to go... Oh, it's 2.14. I want to read that. It says, blotting out... um, Oh, here it is. And in, in this is Galatians chapter number Colossians. two. I'm sorry, Colossians chapter number two, verse number 14. I'm going to start at 11. It says, in whom uh, are in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the flesh of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So now he's saying the difference and what that was relating to the circumcision of Christ. Um, it gives you, you're still putting off the flesh, but you're not doing it with the cutting of hands. You're doing it with the circumcision of heart of the heart. Yeah. And he says, buried with him in baptism, wherein, ye, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, 
who hath raised you from the dead. Now, to get to the point, um, verse number 13, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision and the uncircumcision of your flesh has he quickened. So he's given life to you who are not circumcised in the flesh. Hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. And here's the part that when it that relates to what you said, being uh, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against you, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities, powers, and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So he has overthrown all of that. Um, those handwritings and, and uh, rituals and uh, ordinances were against, I mean, you had, this was difficult. You, this, was a, this was a salvation by works, right? They had to go, they had to, they had to be, they had to sacrifice animals, they had to be circumcised in their flesh. They had to do all types of festivals and, you know, they would have to sleep out in booths. All of that was a part of the law. But he said all of those things, and he understood these things were difficult to you. So he said he blotted them out in the handwriting that was on the wall, that guilt that was there if they didn't do it. And, uh, he, and he nailed it to his cross. So when the cross, when he was put on that cross, this was being done away with. All right. So verse number four, all right, Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you uh, are justified by the law, you're fallen from grace. And we know justification means this. It means to be declared or pronounced righteous. Mm -hmm. And you just couldn't, the law couldn't pronounce this to you. It couldn't do it. It never could. You were never, because they had to, it was the blood that they shed of those goats and bullocks. And then that that was only good for a year. Well, that's just cover it. You couldn't remove it. And that was just to cover it. So it was inferior. And this is what Galatians chapter 2, verse 16 said. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, mm -hmm. but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we who believe in Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified okay so you can circumcise them but you know they're they're just they're going to be in pain but they're not going to be saved they're not going to be declared there's righteous. no justification right because he died for our sins he rose for our justification so you're still trying to justify them with the cutting of the foreskin no he died for our sins rose for our justification so well, by this nobody could be is this what you read in, and you guys read in colossians that mm -hmm. We, be, we circumcised by the Spirit of God mm -hmm. when we baptize in water. Mm -hmm. That's the operation of faith. Mm -hmm. We repent, we've been baptized, confessing our sins. Mm -hmm. And when you confess our sins, he, it, it's the operation of faith that God does. Mm -hmm. He takes your heart <clears throat> and he cuts all that stuff out. At the same time, he's cleaning your conscience from them dead works. Mm -hmm. So like you said, when you rise out of that water, now you're ready to walk in the newness of life. And then, of course, by his spirit, we can't take away from him because he came spirit. to lead us. Yeah, he came to guide us into all truth. So um, and he's constantly, 
you know, alleviating us even of the guilt of shame because of we our understanding of what was really done in the work of the cross. Verse right? Five. Verse five. And we through the spirit Verse five. Oh, for we through the spirit wait for the hope. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of the righteousness by faith. Yes, we know what hope means. It means to anticipate with confidence and joyful expectation of eternal salvation. Yes. <laughs> See, we this is the greater hope oh, that we have. Good hope. Yeah, eternal you know, salvation that we have in Christ. And it's and this is what Titus says. It says, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Mm -hmm. This is something God just well, promised plan. to do. Mm -hmm. You know, even before you made the world. He, he, for those who would be children of God, through the faith of Christ, mm -hmm. we have this hope. Well, it's not something that he constructed as an afterthought. Yeah. Um, he right. declared the end from the beginning, knowing that all these this things were This was his purpose, yes. And so this was Jesus' purpose for coming to fulfill uh, the law. So if, if blood had to be the uh, propitiation yeah, and atonement, and then, okay, so mine, I'll give my blood. So they, were, they gave and they gave and they gave, but it didn't cleanse. So this was the fulfilling of that part of the law and that circumcision. Uh, gives gives us the putting off of the sins. So this was the part of the fulfilling of the law. Okay. And of course I have to write something for the church. Mm -hmm. So I got a Hebrews chapter 10, 23. Said, it said, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promise. Mm -hmm. So this is what the church do. We hold on to the profession of our faith. We mm -hmm. confess it. We hold on to it. Amen. Because he, because he purposed this before the foundation of the world. Like well, even, even um, I think it, it was Abraham who was the father of faith. You know, he believed and he hoped against hope. And he believed. So, you know, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Yes. So with this faith, he, you have to have faith in this. And so if they had faith in the work of the circumcision, they wouldn't have this part of the meeting. There are other things that they had controversies about in this council. But if they had paid attention to that, then, you know, they wouldn't be quarreling about or demanding anyone to be circumcised in the flesh. So verse number six, yes. for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Yes, so he's saying, so he said, if you if you have one who is circumcised, which is a Jew, and somebody who's uncircumcised, which was the Gentile, mm -hmm. that availeth nothing. The mm -hmm. only thing that work is the faith in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So this is what it says in Galatians chapter 6, 15. It says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. Mm -hmm. Which let us know, Dr. Simpson, it's not the circumcision of the flesh, but the circumcision of the heart. Mm -hmm. Because even though... Cutting well, away of the sins of the heart, mm -hmm. you become a new creature. 
when you be filled with the infilling of the Holy Spirit and now walking by. Because even the with that, when they would have the circumcision, okay, well, I went through this, I got that done, and you know, all right, so I'm good, but their hearts were still wrong. You know, he said these people do uh, honor, me. honor me with their lips and praise me with their mouth, but their heart is far from, from me. So there had to be a deeper effect, and the heart had to be circumcised. And this is where we're finding um, that circumcision is not going to do anything for you, but we got to get that heart squared. And God does that by the operation of faith. He gets in that heart when you allow him, and he will cut things out of it. Mm -hmm. He removed them stones out of your heart, give your heart a flesh. Mm -hmm. Okay, for verse number five, verse number seven, um, you did run well. Who hindered you that you should not obey the truth? Just like you said at the beginning, you started yeah, off yeah, in yeah, the, yeah, yeah. In I was the thinking spirit. Chapter number three, yes. But this is in chapter number five. It's in this lesson. Yeah, yeah. Who did you did run well? You were doing good. You were on fire. You were you. You know you had everything uh, in your heart, fixed in your mind, and you were determined. You were doing good. What happened here? One translation says like this: Who has held you back from following the truth? Question mark. <laughs> you know, but we know who was doing it. It was these Judaizers. And so Jews. he's and he and and but the way that he's posing the scripture, posing the um, question to them: You did. You were doing good. Now who hindered you? So, you know, in other words, not what, what are you talking about here or how are you understanding it? He said, what hindered you? He, he was letting them know in no uncertain terms that where you were was fine and now you're off. You're off course. Mm -hmm. So verse number eight says, this persuasion cometh not from him that called you. So, you know, this is not God talking to you. This is not the scripture. The spirit is not revealing this to you. So it come it's not coming from the one that called you. And verse number nine says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So just a little bit, if they can get in there and they can begin to put a little bit of influence in you or doubt in you or, you know, turning you back and seeing, you know, those things as necessary. It just takes a little bit of that and then it's going to increase. So you don't know what you you put your foot into. Yes, this is what it says in another translation. It says, this false teaching is like a little yeast that spread through the whole batch of dough. <laughs> and this is what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. I'll read it, Dr. Sips. This is what Paul telling the Corinthian church when they was dealing with some things. He said, do, do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover sacrifice for, you know, for... Oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Glory so, to his name. So, so a little leaven. So they should, be, yeah. they should be able to understand that because it was unleavened bread that they had to eat. And so that yeast so this false causes was, the increase. Yes, it's going to increase, and yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's going to make it unrecognizable, and it's going to change it. And you know, I'll just say puffs up too. But 
Um, they also, if they got caught up in all of that, they understood loving. Well, this, what you're doing right now, this is loving. Yeah, this false teaching. This is loving. All right, verse number 10. Mm-hmm. I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment. Whosoever he be, he know. He's yeah. getting a little coarse with them. Well, he, he know that uh, after the, after this council in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. chapter 15, and he knows some Pharisees <coughs> that believe, and also was at the council say, hey, they have to be circumcised under the law of Moses mm-hmm. to, to get favor with God mm-hmm. or to have salvation. So Paul knew who these, he didn't name them, but he knew where it was coming from. Well, and, and then look at how he's saying it. He said, I have confidence in you through the Lord, you know, that you'll be none otherwise minded. You're going to be okay. But the ones that are troubling you and the ones that are bringing this to you, you know, they are going to be accountable for God is going to require that lie and um, of them and that distortion of the gospel that they're trying to they're trying to put on you. He said, and whoever he is, so he like, I don't care if you, you know, how how relevant you may seem. Whoever does this, God is going to uh, hold you accountable. So verse number 11, and I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. So in in 1 Corinthians, Mm -hmm. verse 1, In chapter, uh, uh, sorry, chapter one, verse twenty-three and twenty-four said, "But if we preach Christ unto the Jews a stumbling block, mm-hmm. an offense, mm-hmm. okay, and unto the Greek foolishness, oh, that's oh, what verse? What is it? No, it's, it didn't fit this lesson. Up. I just." After I looked at it. Well, now what is it saying? Because it sounded like, you know, again, what Paul is saying, if I'm preaching, you know, if, if, if I preach circumcision, why do I suffer persecution? So if he's preaching cir- uh, pers- um, um, circumcision, why is he being attacked and persecuted? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. Yeah, the defense of the cross was the power of salvation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Verse number 12, I would, they were even cut off, which troubled Paul's angry. <laughs> he said, I just wish they were dead. Most teachers would. You know, I just wish they would, just ju- God would just bring judgment. He said, I wish that they would, try. he said, I would that they were even cut off, killed, dead, moved out of the way, ceased. So, because he is, you know, he stands, Paul's a true apologist, apologist. He stands in the defense of the gospel. And uh, he has a holy indignation. And there's fury that's rising up in him because they are trying to uh, manipulate what is being taught. So, verse number 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for a an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. 
So here's the liberty that we talked about, the freedom. For brethren, ye have been called unto freedom. So the things that we talked about in uh, Galatians 3, uh, those ordinances that were on the wall, handwriting that was on the wall, which was against them, you've been set free from all this. Um, this is no longer a requirement Christ has taken, and he has made an atonement with his own blood, and he has reconciled you back to God through this. So you have liberty now in Christ that these are not the things you have to do to, be, to find justification with God. It's now going to be done by faith. Yes, and we know liberty means freedom, like you said. But this is what it says in Romans chapter 8. Mm -hmm. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation Bible. Mm -hmm. Verse 2 and 4 says, And because you, brethren, belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Power of the life-giving spirit. Because the law didn't give life. Yes, that's what it said. It says, the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. Mm -hmm. Our flesh. So we didn't get power out of the law. We just continue to keep it. But we would, you know, well, they continue to keep it. But they were um, going to be forgiven and atoned for uh, every year just because uh, they obeyed that dispensational requirement. But, you know, it came to a point where God said this yeah. over so and God over. We can't what? over and over. We, this is not doing it. And so that's why he had to send his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. So now uh, the liberty that they have uh, in this occasion. So um, is is in faith in, in God. And so he's really, really laying it out for them very clearly. Yes. Mm -hmm. See, so it's finished up. It says, so God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies mm -hmm. we sinners have. Mm -hmm. And in that body, God declared an end to sin control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Amen. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us. Mm-hmm who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Mm -hmm. That is so, the liberty look, that so, we have been set free. So that's God. it. That's it right there. It's in the Spirit. It's not in the cutting away of the flesh. It's in the infilling of the Spirit. <clears throat> Verse number 16. I thought it was 14. Mm, for all, okay, for, 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 verse number 14. For all the law is fulfilled, in one word, even this, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. All right. Okay. All right. In verse number 15. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. So these are the behaviors, you know, because it obviously was getting pretty... Um, heated. Intense, yeah. It, yeah, it was getting pretty heated because if they were demanding that they be circumcised, I'm sure they weren't just sitting there going, no, they have to be circumcised. It was getting to the place where they were probably telling them, you are not saved. You this, you are not prepared. You are offending God. You've got to go back to this. And they're saying, we've been justified in Christ. 
And so they were going at, you know, just... This was a great division. It was a huge controversy among them that was causing a lot of chaos in the church. So that's why they had to get together. But there are other things, as I say, that they talked about. But this particular um, issue of the circumcision was probably the greatest. You know, they're going to get to some other things like, you know, those things that are eating, those things that are uh, offered as sacrifice and... Um, their immoral behavior. They're going to talk about all that. But he's dealing with this in these verses. So verse number 15. Okay, we just read, if you bite and devour one another, be um, um, take heed that ye be not consumed. You're going to destroy yourselves. That's what's going to happen. This is not going to come out. This is not going to end well. This is not the way to do this. You know, I've seen people come together and they say the way that you have your meetings is you 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 make your demand you stand up and you be you know you know and you stand up and you make your your uh a declaration and you know you be prepared to defend your words and so they go in and they you know argue and 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 argue and bite and devour and bark at one another but he said this is not going to come this is not the way to do this and i think some people and some uh meetings they still do this and so he's saying here, if you're doing all that, you're going to destroy yourselves. You're just going to come apart. I remember even Bishop Singleton saying that, but he says that you're going to be consumed one of another. So do this the right way. Come in here with the right spirit, the right attitude, and come ready to learn and to yield and surrender. So verse number uh, 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, because those were fleshly deeds. That's that's the uh, that's the way the flesh resolves things: arguing and bickering and slamming your fists and being I'm in control and you know all of that. And this is you're wrong, and if you're not with us, you're going to hell. You know all kinds of crazy stuff like that. But he says, but if you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill this because that was. Satisfaction of the flesh. Every time somebody sees the lust of the flesh, they think of, you know, uh, physical interaction, you know, sexual interaction. But this is, you know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. And that lust of the flesh desires to have things. Sometimes people want to have things their way so bad that they'll pull rank on you. They will uh, bicker with you. They will, you know, try to bring you down, bring division. And so a lot of things, you have to put the application with it. So um, he said, walk in spirit. You know, if you're not, what you're doing, obviously they weren't walking in the spirit, right? What they were doing was not being, they weren't being led by the Lord with this kind of conduct. So he said, walk in the spirit and, and you won't even fulfill the lust of the flesh. All right, so verse number 17, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. So there is a struggle. There's a struggle going on. The spirit wants to go one way, taking and leading you one way. And then the flesh has it uh, already set that, you know, well, this is what I believe. And this is the way I feel. And, and you know, at whatever cost and however I'm going to have to do this. Uh, you need to you need to hear me, and you need to get with me. All right. So verse that was verse number seventeen, and that was the last verse of the lesson. Well, let me read this one 
Mm-hmm. Part of Romans chapter 7, sure. verse 21, it says sure. it's about the spirit and the flesh mm-hmm. warring against each other. He says, uh, in verse 21 mm-hmm. of chapter 7 of Romans, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Mm-hmm. After cutting away of the heart, mm-hmm. the inward man. That's what he delights. I delight in, in the mm-hmm. spiritual law, fulfilling the law by the Holy Ghost. Right. Verse twenty-three says, "But, but I see another law in my members, mm-hmm. warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members." Yes, and so he goes on, and later on in this chapter, they're stopping, but he tells you about the lust of the flesh. So when you have that one, um, so in chapter on, five, go ahead. It goes on to say in verse twenty-four, mm-hmm. "O wretched man that I am, okay, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Who shall do it?" Mm-hmm. So there's a dilemma. Yes, mm-hmm. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm-hmm. So that when the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And so the, what I was going to say is he actually talks about that more in his members. And then in verse number 16 says, if you walk after the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so that he makes it clear, he, uh, he actually uh, tells them what it is in verse 22. But the fruit is, well, actually, verse number 20, verse number 19, he says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, Wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, endings, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and the such like, of the which I tell you before, and I also told you in times past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And there's a lot in there. Envyings and murders and strife. That's not uncommon in our world today, is it? It shouldn't be in the church. It shouldn't be in the church of all places. But um, he has to talk to, he's talking to the church here in Galatia. And he says, revelings and such like. And I'm telling you, I've told you this before, I will tell you again. You do these things, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. So, but... The fruit of the Spirit is love. So contrary to everything I just listed, the fruit of the Spirit. So you know when you're walking in the Spirit, when you have love, you have joy, you're peaceful, you're long-suffering, you're not quick to blow up, um, gentleness, you're kind, and you're, you're not rash and abrasive, um, gentleness, Goodness, things that are good, you know, do good unto all men, especially those of the household of faith. Is that good? Or, or you know, then it's, it's of the Spirit. Having faith, meekness. Meekness means being able to endure things, not 
you're going to raise up and, you know, your hair is on end and you got, you know, your anger is all stirred. And he says meekness. Meekness is being able to endure things without this. I heard um, uh, Bishop Fortson say um, that it's good when a person uh, walks in forgiveness or they go through what they're going through without being angry and having the right attitude and not having resentment. Because you maybe you didn't say anything back, you did that part, but you got resentment. There's a problem. So he says meekness. So that meekness will have you. Moses was meek. Um, he took it. He took a lot, but then he went back and cried to the Lord. God said, I'll wipe them out for you, Moses. I'll kill every last one of them. I'll give you some more people. Moses had a heart for it. Temperance against such, there is no law. And they that are Christ uh, have crucified the flesh uh, with the afflictions of lust. And that's through Christ. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. So when you are going to um, be in a place to have liberty, liberty is freedom. And if you're caught up in that other list that Paul is talking about, the lust of the flesh, you're not free. You still, you still have things that, that have a control over you. You don't have control over that. That's why you need to walk in the flesh. And then you won't fulfill the lust of the spirit. So there's a lot in this lesson. And um, I'm sure that we'll be going over that in future lesson. But um, that's our lesson for today. So, um, Elder, did you have any final words before we go ahead and and pray out? Okay. All right. With it, if you want to pray us out at this time. Listen, everybody, thanks again for being with us. Be sure to... Um, Subscribe, subscribe, and like because it tells uh, it it tells us you know that the content that we are putting out is a blessing to you in some form. So if you've already subscribed, be sure to like. Um, other than that, we just want you to come back and be with us again on next week, and uh, it'll be Wednesday or Thursday. There was a lot going on this week, so. That's why we're coming on Friday. And then, of course, remember that on Monday at 5 o'clock, we are still in the Revelation Challenge, almost completing Chapter 12, and we're also working on Chapter 13, so we're moving right along in Revelation Challenge, and that's going to be at 5 o'clock right here on Reset Forever Ministries, uh, 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So, all right, God bless you. Thank you again for being with us and a part of this ministry. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests unto God yes. and his Father. To him be glory, dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All right. So, uh, again, we want to just thank you, and we are looking forward to being back with you again next week. We hope you have a great week and that you enjoy your Sunday school lesson. Okay. And
and thank you again for those that are listening on the podcast. Be sure to come over to Reset Forever Ministries on YouTube and you can follow us uh, live. All right, God bless.